The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together, Psalm 95 on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Psalm 51 on page 403. Have mercy upon me, O God, after thy great goodness. According to the multitude of thy mercies, do away mine offenses. Wash me thoroughly from my wickedness, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my faults, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified in thy saying, and clear when thou shalt judge. Behold, I was shapen in wickedness, and in sin hath my mother conceived me. But, lo, thou requirest truth in the inward parts, and shalt make me to understand wisdom secretly. Thou shalt purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Thou shalt wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Thou shalt make me hear of joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Turn thy face from my sins, and put out all my misdeeds. Make me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. O give me the comfort of thy help again, and establish me with thy free spirit. Then shall I teach thy ways unto the wicked, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou that art the God of my health, and my tongue shall sing of thy righteousness. Thou shalt open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall show thy praise. For thou desirest no sacrifice, else would I give it thee, but thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God is a troubled spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, shalt thou not despise. 
O be favorable and gracious unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifice of righteousness, with the burnt offerings and oblations. Then shall they offer young bullocks upon thine altar. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the first chapter of the second book of Samuel. Now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David had returned from the slaughter of the Amechalites, and David had stayed two days in Ziklag. On the third day, behold, it happened that a man came from Saul's camp with his clothes torn and dust on his head. So it was when he came to David that he fell to the ground and prostrated himself. And David said to him, Where have you come from? So he said to him, I have escaped from the camp of Israel. Then David said to him, How did the matter go? Please tell me. And he answered, The people have fled from the battle. Many of the people are fallen and dead, and Saul and Jonathan his son are dead also. So David said to the young man who told him, How do you know that Saul and Jonathan his son are dead? Then the young man who told him said, As I happened by chance to be on Mount Gilboa, there was Saul leaning on his spear, and indeed the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me and called to me, and I answered, Here I am. And he said to me, Who are you? So I answered him, I am an Amechalite. He said to me again, Please stand over me and kill me, for anguish has come upon me, but my life still remains in me. So I stood over him and killed him, because I was sure that he could not live after he had fallen. And I took the crown that was on his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and have brought them here to my Lord. Therefore David took hold of his own clothes and tore them, and so did all the men who were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son, for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. Then David said to the young man who told him, Where are you from? And he answered, I am the son of an alien and a Mechalite. So David said to him, How was it you were not afraid to put forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David called one of the young men and said, Go near and execute him. And he struck him so that he died. So David said to him, Your blood is on your own head, for your own mouth has testified against you, saying, I have killed the Lord's anointed. Then David lamented with, his, with this lamentation, over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. And he told them to teach the children of Judah the song of the bow. Indeed, it is written in the book of Jasher, the people of Israel is slain, excuse me, the beauty of Israel is slain on your high places. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not in Gath, proclaim it not in the streets of Ashkelon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph, 
O mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew nor rain upon you, nor fields of offerings. For the shield of the mighty is cast away there, the shield of Saul, not anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back, and the sword of Saul did not return empty. Saul and Jonathan were beloved and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. O oh, daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with luxury, who put ornaments of gold on your apparel. How the mighty have fallen in the midst of the battle. Jonathan was slain in your high places. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was wonderful, surpassing the love of women. How the mighty have fallen and the weapons of war perished. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus asks on page 11, Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 41st verse of the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. And he said to them, How can they say that the Christ is the son of David? Now David himself said in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore David calls him Lord. How is he then his son? Then in the hearing of all the people, he said to his disciples, Beware of the scribes who desire to go around in long robes, love greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues and the best places at feasts, who devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These will receive greater condemnation. And he looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a certain poor widow putting in two mites. So he said, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put in offerings for God. But she out of her poverty put in all the livelihood that she had. Here ends the second lesson. Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, 
that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he swore to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Let thy merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of thy humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please thee, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger. But that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. A lot of um, 
sort of themes in today's uh, lesson from 2 Samuel, beginning this second book. One we should note is that um, that the messenger who brings this news to King David of Saul's death is an Amalekite. And we remember that Saul's chief failing was that he failed to carry out holy war against the Amalekites at Samuel's <clears throat> um, behest. And also that David, who is not in the Battle of Israel, had just finished a raid against the Amalekites where he almost wiped them out, but a few people escaped. And so the idea that the, that the Amalekite, the, the, the nation that Saul did not uh, eliminate, now he's the guy who brings the, the news. And so it kind of bookends the story with, of Saul with the Amalekites. Also, there's a, a, an apparent conflict between the account of Saul's death in 1 Samuel 31 and the account in, that the Amalekite brings in 2 Samuel 1, and how do we reconcile that? In 31, Saul fell on his sword, and here the Amalekite finds him leaning on his spear, which is not necessarily thrust through. And how do you reconcile these? And the most likely uh, reconciliation of it is that this Amalekite uh, is simply lying. He is not really in the battle. He's come on the battlefield as a scavenger. He falsely assumes that by uh, stripping King Saul of the stuff and bringing it to David, David will be happy with him and give him some reward. Um, had he really wanted to honor Saul in the Israelite way of doing it, he would have brought Saul, Saul's whole body to to that and, and, and honored it. But instead, he just takes off the valuable things and expects to get a reward from David. And he probably falsely claims to have killed Saul because he left Saul dead in the previous chapter. And so, but, but his false um, profession of killing him ends up get with himself getting killed. And the idea here that David establishes is that you cannot lift your hand against the Lord's anointed. There's a, a, an intrinsic value in the Lord's anointed. You, you don't have a right to take that life. David's also very aware that he is now the Lord's anointed, and this is a really good ethic to maintain for future generations that no one can, with, without culpability, do that. We should note that in the New Testament, this expands out into the fullness of Christian morality because we are all now, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Lord's anointed in Christ. We share in that charisma of the Spirit. And the idea that inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me, is an expansion of this valuing of the Lord's anointed from this thing that David establishes. A couple other notes. Uh, David uh, writes an epic poem in Lament, which reminds us that it's good to lament death. We should grieve and lament. I, I don't know how many times I've seen stupid articles at a funeral that says, we're not going to mourn here. It's like, it's just wrong. Human nature needs to mourn death, and David does that here. There's also the line at the end that some have seen as a sort of, you know, intimations of something, you know, uh, homoerotic where David professes his, love for for Jonathan to surpass the love of women, which is also silly. We've seen in the in the whole narrative that um, there's a great bond in this warrior culture between David and Jonathan, who are the same kind of guy. 
uh, Jonathan, you know, remember wanted to go. He thought he could just scale the hill against Philistines and take the garrison out just with him and his armor bearer, very much like David coming upon Goliath and saying, "What are you, what are you all afraid of?" And you just see two warriors who would get together and and kick some ass without you know without thinking about it. And so there's a great bond there. So most of that is fanciful and has no really evidence in the text. The final connection between the New Testament lesson, um, where Jesus. Um, we should understand that in Luke, he gives an exposition of Psalm 110. And when he says, David, uh, the Lord, David says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. There are three people in this thing. There's David speaking in the Psalms. There's the first Lord, which is Yahweh, the God of Israel, and the second Lord, which is the Messiah. So David in the Psalms says to Yahweh, my God, he says, Yahweh said to my Lord. So David is calling the Lord of this psalm, uh, Lord, the Messiah. And the question is, if the Messiah, if David in the psalm refers to the Messiah as my Lord, how can the Messiah also be a descendant of David? How can he come before David and after David? And of course, that's Jesus right there. And this comports in the irony here that really connects with the, the Old Testament lesson here is that it, the leaders of Israel are about ready to kill the Lord's anointed. They're conspiring, surrounding him. And just as um, the Amalekite suffers capital punishment for claiming have, have, to have killed the Lord's anointed, so we heard in yesterday's lesson the consequences that will come upon Israel by the besieging of Jerusalem and the destruction of the city because they are going to kill the Lord's anointed, who is Jesus. And so the point is that all morality hinges on honoring God and honoring those made in his image. And quintessentially, the image of God is restored in Christ, the new man, and to all of us. And so um, it's an exhortation to, to, you know, it's a practical takeaway that Honoring God, honoring, you know, saying we love God means honoring those made in his image, especially those in the body of Christ who bear the Holy Spirit and are really honoring for God is expressed in our love for each other. And this is the, the continuous teaching in the New Testament linking those two things. So a few thoughts about today's lesson. Continue with a prayer for all conditions of men on the bottom of page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth, and hold the faith in the unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. 
this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us in prayer this morning. Hope you have a great Friday and great start to your weekend. Thank you, Deacon John. Thank you, Bishop Scott. Okay. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye, kiddos. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone. Have a good Friday.